So this means I'm the only one left who doesn't know what I'm doing Thursday <laughs> evening. <laughs> At the moment. Yeah. But what I am thinking of is continuing through Revelation. If that would be a good idea and people would like that, I will continue from chapter 4, Revelation, hopefully to the end. So it's a big job. <laughs> but we're not in a hurry, are we? No. <laughs> right, we're reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which is an excellent, encouraging chapter of the Bible. Uh, it encourages us all, really, this one. We can't go far wrong in it, can we, really? Uh, for context, I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 16. And then we're going down to verse 10 of chapter 5. For Paul says, Which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought for us the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labour, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now one of the themes of 2 Corinthians is the servant and his service. That's a common theme. The servant and his service. We're all servants, yes? The word means slaves, but we're all servants to God. And all of us who are Christians have service to give. That's why I read those verses from Paul. I mean, he calls all his trials and tribulations, everything Paul went through, the, the remarkable sufferings he experienced in the cause of Christ, in the service of Christ. He called it a light affliction. 
a light affliction. Nothing in comparison with the glory which is to come. Eternity, yes. So when we think about this, we think about Paul's service. There was no way we can match up to Paul's service, I don't think, can we? But we each have our service to do for the Lord and to bear fruit to his glory. So it's very important that we serve, isn't it? We're all serving. How do we serve? How well do we serve? It will come into context when we get to the end of the chapter when we talk about the judgment seat of Christ because we're all going to be before that judgment seat of Christ. Uh, and in that judgment, it will be a judgment of what we have done in this body as a servant and in service to him. It will all come out. Everything will be manifest of our life before that judgment seat of Christ. Now, if you're anxious about the judgment seat of Christ, or you're afraid of it, then you're not interpreting the scriptures correctly if you have any anxiety or fear about being before the Lord Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ. Yes. Perfect love casts out fear, remember. No fear. What you've got to remember, the Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, and when I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you unto myself. Right? So how can you be afraid or in fear when he's going to do that? You can't be, can you? The other thing is important, when we do get to glory, if the rapture takes place and we're all in the glory, we are like him. We shall be clothed in glory, fashioned like unto his glorious body. So when you're in the glory, you're already with him, like him, in that glorious place. So you've got nothing to fear about the judgment seat of Christ. But our service <laughs> will come in in all that and the rewards that the Lord will give for that service. Which is incredible, isn't it? Because the Holy Spirit is within us. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to serve uh, and the Lord will still give us the credit for serving him in that, in that way. Right, there's three particular states we're going to talk about in chapter 5. Uh, the first one is we're alive, right? <laughs> For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So the first thing is we are alive at the moment, which is always a bonus, isn't it? We're alive. Um, and he talks about a tabernacle, a tent, right? That's what it is. A tent is not a permanent figure, is it? When we get to glory, it will be a permanent fixture that we have. God-made house for us, yes? So we're alive. And we, we, we talk about Peter, you know, he says, 
I'm putting in remembrance of these things because Peter says in his, his epistle, as long as I am in this tabernacle, I want to stir you up by way of remembrance. He wants them to remember all these things that he's been teaching. As long as I'm in this tabernacle. In other words, it means as long as I'm in this tent, in this body, alive. Uh, and then he says, I moreover I will endeavour to be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. And he also says, just as my Lord told me. Now that goes back to John's Gospel, doesn't he? When Jesus said to Peter, you know, when you were young, you went wherever you wanted to go. When you're old, someone is going to take you where you don't want to go. And it's tradition, isn't it, that he was crucified upside down. So he was martyred. So Peter knew when he was old, his time would come when he would put off his tabernacle and he will die. So that's the second category, isn't it? Death. <laughs> they die. So when we die, the physical body is in the grave, but the person is absent from the body and present with the Lord. And it's described as found naked, unclothed, absent from the body, present with the Lord. So these are the saints who have died and they're in the presence of of the Lord yeah. in spirit not bodily resurrected as such and then we have the third category which is the resurrection state a building of God described as clothed our house which is from heaven so those are three things so the best of those three things is what which one is the best? The best one is the Lord comes and in an instant mortality is swallowed up in life. That is the rapture, yes. That is the best one to have because one moment we'll be here in our mortal condition in the next second we're gone. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air so shall we ever be with the Lord. So that's the best one. However, having said that, Paul would, would say, wouldn't he, in, in Philippians, when he talks about um, dying, he says, he says this, because it's, it's good to die, yes? Die is good, because you go to be with the Lord. We don't want to be here too long, do we? <laughs> Sometimes you can live too long. And you're just longing to go. But we need to go. But he says this. For me to live is Christ. Which is a tremendous statement, isn't it? How many can we say that? That we're out and out for the Lord Jesus Christ. 24-7, 100%. That's what Paul was saying. For me to live is Christ. To die, he says, is gain. And he did die. He was a martyr, wasn't he? Uh, he says, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labour, yet what I shall choose, I don't know. He says, I'm in a strait betwixt the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh 
is more needful for you. So he has this little conflict going on. He wants to stay and build up the saints because that's what he was doing all his life, wasn't he? Building up the saints of all the different churches, etc., etc. Uh, and he says, look, if I die, I want to go to the Lord, which is a far better place. But at the moment, I'm still in this body, I'm still in this tabernacle, I want to serve still. Isn't that lovely? To die is gain. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Always at funeral service, isn't it? Of believers. We're absent from the body, the present with the Lord. Now, what does that mean? Now, we've just read these wonderful things this morning about Elijah and Moses, didn't we? And the Mount of Transfiguration. Old Testament saints, as well as New Testament saints, who have died, are in the glory, in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes? Multitudes and multitudes of them in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And intelligent to what is going on. Remember, Moses and Elijah was intelligent that they were talking about Jesus' decease, going to Jerusalem to die upon that cross. So they're intelligent about that. So that's a wonderful thing to be, isn't it? And as soon as we ever die, <clears throat> and remember we always get that grace to die, no use worrying about it yet because you're alive. But when the time comes, the Lord will give you the grace if you have to go through that period. Some people might be a little bit anxious about that because it's a, it's a new dimension you're going to, isn't it? It's totally strange to us. Uh, this life is what we see. So that little transfer over might be, feel a little bit uncomfortable. But the Lord will be there and you'll be received into his presence. That'll be wonderful, isn't it? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's a wonderful hope as well, isn't it? And we're looking for the hope of his coming. Which is far nice. So he says, If this earthly house of this tablet were dissolved, we have a building of God, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. It's a permanent structure. And this is what he says. And remember, it's a body fashioned like unto his glorious body. And it will be a spiritual body, a body that is adapted to the environment it is in, yes? Heaven is a different environment to earth. Our body will be adapted to that environment the same as it's adapted to this environment now. So imagine, think of a fish. Fish is in the water, isn't it? That's its environment. Take that fish out of the water, put it on the bank, Watch what happens to the fish. What happens to the fish? It starts to gasp and gasp and gasp till it dies, unless you put it back in the water. Because that's its environment. It's a body made for the environment. And we will have a body suitable to our environment. And this is what Paul groans earnestly for. To be clothed upon a house which is from heaven. Not unclothed, which we've died and gone to be with the Lord, but clothed upon. Mortality swallowed up in life. That's what he wanted. Yes. 
The twinkling of an eye, isn't it? The twinkling of an eye. It says this in 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Remember, death is the last enemy. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now again, the motivation for all this, and the motivation for service, is this. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. It's our motivation for service, isn't it? We've got the eye on eternal things. That's what we're waiting for. We look not at the things that, are, that we can see, the things that we're not seeing, the things which are eternal. And by that, it's by faith, isn't it? We walk by faith, not by sight. But it's the reality of these eternal things that should motivate us down here why we've got the energy and the strength to serve him and to please him. Because that's the other thing that we're going to talk about in a minute. For he says, We that in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not that we should be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. It's a wonderful saying, isn't it? And it says that God has prepared this for us. It's all prepared. Isn't that nice? Nice things are prepared, isn't it? The way is all prepared for us to go there. Who also hath given us the earnest of the Spirit. That's the guarantee of the Spirit. Remember we've got the Holy Spirit within us. And the Holy Spirit is the earnest, the guarantee of all that inheritance, all that glory that we're going to come into. Which is a wonderful thought again, isn't it? So the Holy Spirit encourages with this. And then he says, therefore we're always confident. Uh, that in the ESV is good courage. Yes, Always in good courage. Knowing that whilst we're at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. But we are confident of good courage, and I say willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So we'd be willing for that, wouldn't we? If the Lord hasn't come, I'd take that. To pass into glory, when they shut my eyes for the last time, and my heart stops beating. Hopefully there'll be somebody there to hold me hand. <laughs> Would be nice as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> Right, and then he says, 
Wherefore, we labour that whether at present or absent, we may be accepted of him. That means well-pleasing. Now, that's the big word, isn't it? The motivation of our life is to be well-pleasing to the Lord. We've just heard again on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is my beloved son, in whom I am well-pleased. The perfect man. But we can please the Lord. That's what our aim should be. Please him. In everything. And remember this. To please the Lord. It it's, applies everywhere. If you're, if you're a mother and father. And you're bringing up a family. You bring up the family. In the admonition of the Lord. Big responsibility which will have its rewards. If you're in the workplace, you do your work to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, as unto him, and is well-pleasing to him. So we should be the best employees ever. Shouldn't be giving the boss any chew. <laughs> uh, we should be faithful. We, if we're given a job to do, we do it. All right? In our trust in the organisation, we're always getting these character profiles. We get character profiles, you know. One of them is Thompson's. Thompson's is the worst. It is so invasive. Andrew's smiling because he's probably had one of them. <laughs> you haven't? All right. <clears throat> well, the psychology of it is amazing because they get your character, because you answer all these questions, and they get your character spot on. Yes? You can't argue with it. Because you think, well, that is exactly like me. <laughs> and the other one is Maya Briggs. And one of the things in there is complete a finisher. Yeah? Some people have the character complete and finish. Complete and finish. It's always very important in our work. We complete and finish. Yes? Remember the Lord Jesus Christ finished the work the Father given him to do. Paul could say, I have finished my course. Yeah. He finished it. So at work, you know, we used to know the ones who, if you give them a task to do, they wouldn't complete it. So you'd give it to somebody else because you know they would complete it. If they're not a complete a finisher, don't bother giving them a task because they won't finish. They pass it on halfway through. So, in the workplace, be well-pleasing unto the Lord. Whatever you do, do it unto his glory. And it has its rewards. Yes. Now he says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in the body according to he hath done, whether it's good or bad. We're all going to be manifest before the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember he knows everything there is to know about us. It's very similar to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. What he says is this. Paul has laid the foundation. That foundation is upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay or stubble... Every man's work shall be made manifest, 
for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. If a man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. It's how we build. So, before this judgment seat of Christ, we shall be known as we are known. Yes, that's a wonderful thought, isn't it? A very comforting thought as well. When I get before that judgment seat, uh, my, you know, like people say when they're about to have an accident, they say the whole life flashes before them, don't they? <laughs> well, it's a bit similar to that, but it's, it's your whole life will not flash before you. Your whole life will be known, right? From birth to death or rapture, your life, as God knows it, you will know it. Now, isn't that, I think that is very comforting, don't you? Because we shall know as we are known. And we'd like to know that, really. And we'll have all that experience. Uh, the Lord will tell us all the times that we know where he wanted us to be and where we're there. And, you know, all our history, he's got the lot. All be told us, yes. All the blessings he gave us. All the trouble he kept us out of. Everything will be there. And we'll see that whole work of God in our individual lives. All told us on that day before the judgment seat. And if there's something that wasn't for his glory, then we'll be pleased to see it burnt up. Remember, it's not a place of judgment for sin. Your sin's not getting judged. It's your service, your fruit is what's getting judged. Sin's being dealt with at the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Done. Put away. It's now how we live now to his glory. There's another verse I'm going to skip shouldn't be reading this one because it's for another brother to take but anyone will say it because it's relevant <laughs> and Paul says knowing the terror of the Lord we persuade men yeah. now when we preach the gospel we like to preach the gospel of love don't we we like to be comforting and, and preach this glorious message of love but sometimes some people are saved by giving the bad news yes the judgment to come the great white throne scary to read about the great right throne in Revelation some people are saved by that because that's what they need to save them too complacent but get the balance right yes we've got to get the balance right in the gospel it is a gospel of love of forgiveness of peace and of joy it is all those things but the consequences of people dying without Christ are real. I've just gone through um, a patch where I'm, I'm starting to think too much about colleagues I've lost, colleagues I've witnessed to, and have died. Yes. And I'm now thinking about them. Where are they? 
when you know the reality of the scriptures where they are, it's not very pleasant, isn't it? But that's the reality of life. The offer of salvation is there. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. If they don't come to repentance, it's judgment at the great white throne. And the only place going from the great white throne is the lake of fire. And give thanks to God we're not going to that place because our blessed Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross to save us and shed his blood and take us to the Father's house. And it's always wonderful that we have a Father, isn't it? He has made known the Father. One of my favourite stories is the, the prodigal son. You know, he, he's wasted his life, wasted his substance. He's all in his rags and he's, he's, he's decided to return home. And he's trying to work out what he's going to say to his father and I'll just be one of his hired servants. That will be acceptable to me, you know. And he's, he's got no idea of the father's love, has he? None. No idea. What did the father do? It says he saw him a great way off. Now, he didn't just stay in the house and say, well, he's my wayward son coming back. I'll have a few words for him wait till he gets to the door. I'm going to have a few words to say. No, it says, he ran to him. Before he could get the words out, he's embracing him in all his rugs. He's rejoicing. Put a ring on his finger, put shoes on his feet, clothe him. Made a great party. That's the heart of the Father, isn't it? Sometimes we go off and, or we backslide a little bit. Still always there to receive his back. Wonderful things that we have. Now I'm just going to end with a, there's a lovely hymn in the little flock. All about the sleep through Jesus. Another reason why we don't need to fear death. What did Jesus think about death on the cross? He said to the thief, didn't he? Today you shall be with me in paradise. What a lovely, peaceful thought for that thief. Yeah? Very shortly he says, you're going to be with me in paradise. And I'm thinking of Stephen from the first martyrs. He saw the glory of God while they were stoning him. He saw Jesus as the Son of Man at the right hand of the Father. And he says, Jesus, receive my spirit. And lay not this charge against them. And it says, he fell asleep. Asleep. It means he's died, doesn't it? But isn't it a lovely expression? He's fallen asleep. Now this hymn says, I'll just read it to you. It's 333 in the little flock. Asleep through Jesus, blessed sleep, from which none ever wakes to weep. A calm and undisturbed repose, where powerless is the last of foes. Asleep through Jesus, oh how sweet, to be for such a slumber meet, with holy confidence to sing that death has lost its venomed sting.
Asleep through Jesus' peaceful rest, whence walking we're supremely blessed. No fear, no woe shall dim the hour that manifests the Saviour's power. Asleep through Jesus, yes to be, from every earthly hindrance free, while in the consciousness of love the Spirit lives with Christ above. Amen to that. It's a closing prayer. Our Father, it is good for us to keep our eyes upon eternal things and the realities of the things which we shall see and come to know. We thank thee for the Lord Jesus Christ 